This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. The final strains of Country Roads have been played. The fireworks have gone off, and West Virginia is a 37-7 winner over BYU tonight here at Milan Pushkar Stadium. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Let's get you our postgame honorees on this night. We'll start with our Waystar Star of the Game, brought to you by Waystar, simplifying health care payments. Learn more at waystar.com. Hans Olsen, who do you like for a Waystar Star of the Game for BYU tonight? Well, I'm going to go with Max Tooley. You know, it's tough because... Max had a couple of penalties in this game, but he was also all over the field. He was working his butt off. He's a constant hustler, and he tried to be in the best position he could multiple times. I don't know how many tackles he ended up with, but i got to say defensively he caught my eye more than anybody else out there. All right, Max Tooley is the Waystar star of the game, and for BYU on this night. Tooley ended up with uh, 12 tackles, 9 solo. He was BYU in both categories and a TFL for Max tonight. He was fighting, Greg. I mean, uh, you know, these guys were all fighting. I'm, I'm not saying they dropped their heads. The trench absolutely got their butts kicked. But these guys really did keep fighting throughout the night. Now for the Palmer's Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game, brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart, everyone's metal store for over 30 years. A proud sponsor of BYU football. All types of steel products from tube, pipe, rebar, metal roofing, and so much more. Jobs big or small, Palmer's Metal Mart is everyone's metal store. Who do you like for a steel man in tonight's game? Well, Chase Roberts went out in this game with a hard hit, and I thought there was no way he was going to be coming back in this game. But I think that giving the steel man of the game to Chase Roberts is just the right thing to do because he came back in with a lot of heart, grit, determination. He caught a couple of big balls there in the second half of this game. And he just, you know, Greg, he's been the staple. He's been the present person all game long. And after the shot I saw him take, I still can't believe that he came back out on the field. But he did it. Why? Because it's a tough dude. And, you know, Greg, you look up. Let's say you take that shot. You fall down and you look up and it's like, geez, it's, it's, 30, it's 34 to, to nothing or, or 28 to nothing, whatever the score was. And there's a lot of people that would say, I think I'm going to call it a day, not Chase. He said, I'm going to come back out here for my brothers and see if I can't catch a pass or two. So Chase Roberts is the Palmer's Metal Mart steel man of the game. Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live rolls on from Morgantown after this. We're brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. More from West Virginia. Final score, Mountaineers 37, Cougars 7 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. Well, BYU fans, if tailgating's not your thing, but you still want to eat good after the game, JCW's has mouth-watering burgers and shakes the whole family can enjoy. JCW's quality and a lot of it. West Virginia, points and a lot of them. 
tonight. 37-7 is your final. BYU falls to 5-4 and four on the year. 2-4 and four in league. West Virginia goes to 6-3, and three, bowl eligible, and 4-2 and two in the Big 12 Conference. Taking a look around the league today. Kansas defeating Iowa State tonight by a score of 28-21. KU goes to 4-2 in conference. Iowa State falls to 4-2 in the Cyclones' next play at BYU. Houston stays winless in the Big... uh, Beg your pardon, Houston, which already has one win in the Big 12, fell to Baylor 24-17 today in overtime. Houston falls to 1-5. Baylor goes to 3-3. K-State losing in overtime at Texas. The Longhorns go to 5-1 as K-State falls to 4-2. and two. Oklahoma State defeating Oklahoma 27-24. OSU goes to 5-1, and one, tied for the league lead with Texas. Oklahoma falls to 4-2 and two in conference play. And UCF keeping Cincinnati winless in Big 12 play. Cincinnati falls to 0-6 in league. UCF, where the win goes to 1-5. They defeat Cincinnati 28-26. So of the four newcomers, all of them, except for Cincy, have a win. BYU's 2-4. Houston's 1-5, and five, UCF's 1-5, and five, and Cincy is 0-6. So atop the Big 12, it goes from a bit of a log jam to only two teams now, UT and KU, both at 5-1. I beg your pardon, UT and OSU, Oklahoma State, both now 5-1 in conference play. BYU next, home to Iowa State, home to Oklahoma, and at OSU to end the season. We'll come back to Morgantown with more BYU football coverage. Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Seventh time in eight FBS games that BYU doesn't get to 300 yards in total offense. 277 tonight. Outgained 567 to 277. That's a 290-yard disparity in West Virginia's favor tonight. Passing 231 to 210. Mountaineers rushing 336 to 67. West Virginia came in averaging three, uh, 203. Ended up at 336. And BYU, one of the worst rushing teams in the country, will keep that uh, appellation as they rush for only 67 yards. Both teams had 10 penalties. Ugly game that way. BYU 10 for 98. West Virginia 10 for 71. First, uh, first downs, 30-20 to 20 in West Virginia's favor. Uh, total plays, the Mountaineers ran 13 more. And possession time, West Virginia had the ball for 11 minutes more than BYU, plus 11 as they ground that game away in the second half. We said that uh, they'd have to flip that BYU would to be in the game, and they weren't tonight as they were out-possessed by 11 minutes. And then BYU was also minus in the margin, minus one. West Virginia did not turn the ball over. BYU turned it over once. BYU is 0 for 3 on 4th downs. West Virginia 2 of 4 on 4th in conversion downs. West Virginia 5 for 14 and BYU 3 for 14. BYU's tough 3rd and 4th down numbers continue tonight as the Kooks fall 37-7. BYU still has 3 more shots to get themselves bull eligible. And I know that this game leaves a really bad taste in your mouth, but these coaches have a work to do, and these players have work to do. And you got Iowa State at home. You come back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. you got to shake off these stats. All right, uh, let's head down the field level. BYU was led on the ground by Aiden Robbins tonight. Aiden, 10 carries, 37 yards, and his first 
BYU touchdown. Greg Grubel hands Olsen upstairs, Aiden. Aiden, let's start by congratulating you on your first score as a Cougar. That had to feel special. Yeah, it was special, but um, obviously we didn't get the outcome we wanted. It comes in a game. You're losing big. I understand that. But it was finally good to get you in the end zone where you've been many times as a collegiate player. So as you look back on this one tonight, uh, where did it all start to go wrong, and why couldn't BYU get back in this one? Um, I really just feel like we didn't play our brand of football. It just comes down to that. So talk a little bit about just uh, the quarterback change, you know, going through practice. At what point did you know it would be Retzloff, and how much practice did you feel like you got with him? Um, yeah, we, I mean, we knew Jake was going to be in there at the beginning of the week. Um, so, you know, we, we got a lot of reps in with him. Um, we've been getting reps with him, you know, over the course of the season, um, just mixing it up. Uh, fall camp or whatever, but I mean, I like I like Jake. Um, you know, Jake and Keaton both bring different things to the table. You know, Jake brings um, some dynamic pieces to our offense. You know, Keaton's obviously a vet, and you know he's good at what he does, man. So I feel like regardless, we'll be good at that position. We just got to play our brand of football at the end of the day. It doesn't matter to the outcome. Was it important for you and the guys though that you get something positive to take home with you at the end of this game tonight? Oh, of course, man. I mean, that's that 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 one thing I will say we didn't give up. And, uh, you know, playing our brand of football is, is includes not quitting, man. And, you know, that's one thing we didn't do is quit. Yeah, you, you really didn't quit. And, and I did see the continual fight. And, you know, it's so tough where you've got so many guys that are down and went down. Cody Epps goes down in this game. Darius Lassiter before this game even got started. Keanu Hill has been out. How how much did those injuries to those receivers affect the way this offense runs, Aiden? I mean, we still run the same plays. Um, you know, we're trying not to let it affect us, but, you know, obviously it is what it is. I mean, we miss those guys with some dynamic players, and, you know, we're going to get them back. And, you know, when we do get them back, we, we'll be rolling a little bit more. Uh, Chase Roberts was pretty tough out there tonight. He got stood up and left the game for a while, came back in and tried to do his best with you guys. Is that, uh, does that inspire you seeing a guy like Chase come out? Um, yeah, man, of course, um, you know, Chase is a leader. And, um, you know, not only does he lead by example, but, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a vocal leader as well, man. And we appreciate Chase and everything he does for us. And he's a soldier, man. You know, he's not going to go out without a fight. So, so Aiden, now you got to kind of rally the troops. You guys head back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the safety and sanctity of your home and that large crowd. You feel like you guys can rally this and get the circle of the wagons a little bit and get this thing going again? Yeah, of course, man. Like I said, we don't got no quitting us. So it's just back to the drawing boards, um, long flight back to Provo, and then, you know, get back in the film room tomorrow, get some recovery, and, you know, we're thinking about the next opponent. Aiden, thanks for taking a minute. We appreciate you. I appreciate you. Okay, Aiden Robbins with us on Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We'll come back. More from field level. We'll hope to be speaking with uh, Jake Retzloff as we continue on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to Morgantown, West Virginia. Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen upstairs. Final score tonight, uh, West Virginia 37 and BYU 7. It was the first FBS start for quarterback Jake Retzloff, and Jake has popped on the headset down at field level. Greg Rubel, hands upstairs. And, uh, Jake, uh, thanks for coming on, taking a minute with us. We appreciate you. Thank you. 
Yeah, no problem, man. Okay, you've been through it. 60 minutes didn't go the way you or the guys hoped, but now that you've been through it, um, how can you say you were prepared? And where do things not go quite, go quite according to the game plan you hope to execute tonight? Uh, I mean, I think, we've, I think we had a good plan. I think we knew what we were going to see, and a lot of that, uh, it showed up. And I just think it did come down to execution in a lot of levels. You know, it's hard to say what went wrong and what's going on because, you know, we haven't seen the tape yet. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting on the tape and, you know, watching over the next couple of days and cleaning things up. So next Saturday, those things don't happen. Jake, coming into this game, how much were you prepared in planned run game? How much were they going to use you on draw and different sweep looks? I think what you saw is what we planned for. To be honest with you, I think that uh, A-Rod knows that my legs are a different addition, and uh, so he used them really well. I think the little draw plays, you know, they caught the defense offside a couple times. I don't know how many yards we got on them, but it seemed like we were averaging 7, 8, 9 or something like that. So, you know, I think that uh, we used the legs well, and, you know, it helps us spread out the defense and have a different, you know, angle to attack. Was there a time early on when you felt uh, things turned the way that you couldn't withstand? Uh, did you feel like there was a moment that was like, you know, we really had to have this to stay in the game? Uh, I don't know, man. I, in a game like this, when you lose by 30, is it hard to say? There's so many different things. Yeah, I mean, we come out of halftime and we still think we got, you know, they scored 24 or 27 and a half. Then why can't we do it? So we go out there with that same attitude and. You know, it's hard to tell when there's a different turning point or what. It is. It's really just play, play, play each play for what it is. I think coach preached that to me and to the rest of the guys. And um, we just we didn't do that well tonight. We didn't execute. And so, you know, it kind of just piled up. I wouldn't say there's a single play or a single moment. It just, you know, came on and there's more and more and more and too much to overcome at the end of the day. From, from your comfort level at Riverside to how comfortable you felt tonight and what you wanted to get done and how you're moving around, how would you kind of compare the two experiences? Well, you know, I wanted to get a W, but we didn't get that. So, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in the offense. There's no doubt about that. I believe I can make this thing go. It's just about doing it. And, um, you know, at, at Riverside we had a lot of wins and we didn't have a lot of these. And, you know, I want to bring that to this team and so we, so we don't leave the field feeling like we do. Is, is quarterback quarterback, though, and you felt like when, I'm, when I get the snap and I'm moving around, I, I see the way I always saw the game, whether it's last year or this year? Yeah, that's the way I feel. I think that I, I see it how I see it. Um, and I thought I saw it pretty well today. I think that, you know, there's a lot of things to clean up at the end of the day. But, yeah, that, that's how it is, man. It's football, and no matter the stage, at the end of the day, there's 11 on defense, 11 on offense, so we just got to go execute. So, Jake, I'm curious. What's sitting in your mind right now that you feel like, okay, I got to get better at this getting into Iowa State? scoring points to be honest with you i mean it's hard to tell man it's hard to tell at a game like this um you know we had a couple of penalties that set us back but but at the end of the day there's just it's just so hard to tell from a game like that from you know you lose by 30 but as, as an offense we felt like we moved the ball better than we did and better than the score showed and i think we we moved the offense more than seven points um so it's just going to be a matter of looking at where we can execute uh differently next week and attacking in a different way how much of a help has Keaton Slovis been to you during his active weeks and this week when he wasn't going to play? Uh, he's been great, man. He, he, You know, I like to just kind of ask him too many questions in meetings and stuff like that. Uh, and he's really great about just being open and how his thought process goes. And, and uh, you know, he, he's a great veteran. And we joke about how he's been doing this for 17 years uh, because he's just seen so much of it. And so I just try to, you know, see 
the different tips and tricks of the trade that he's learned throughout the years and uh, try to incorporate that into the way I go about things and into my game on the field too. Jake, has it been expressed to you that this is kind of your job moving forward through the rest of the year or is it just week by week? How, how, are the, how is Aaron Roderick expecting to manage you and the quarterbacks? Uh, I'm, you know, I, I can't speak for A-Rod on that, to be honest with you. I just think it's week by week. My preparation has honestly been the same throughout the entire season. I've kind of go into each week like I got to play because, you know, weeks one through eight or one through nine, I was one play away at any moment. Uh, you know, this week I was in the game. And so I don't think my preparation is going to change any bit. And uh, I'll just be excited to you know, go in when my number's called and take advantage of any opportunity. Jake, I know that you're anxious for the next win, no matter how and when it comes, but with that next win comes bowl eligibility. How much of that is a motivating factor, knowing that you guys can play in the postseason if you get it done one more time here? I'll tell you what, uh, I think I hate losing more than I like winning, so I don't know if I need the extra motivation, <laughs> to be honest with you, but uh, but it is. You know, it, it's that, that postseason is going to be fun, and I think that uh, we're going to get into a you know, we get into a bowl game this year. It's going to be better than years prior because, uh, you know, the whole independence versus conference thing. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't feel I need any more motivation. But it, you know, it's something in the back of your mind that you're like, well, we got to win one more if we're bowl eligible, and that's just another game to play. And, you know, I just want to be out there playing ball and winning games. Yeah, Jake, well, I went through your Riverside City College numbers, and they're just astounding in that final season with them. Um, I'm just curious, number one, how much different is this offense from that offense that you ran? And and number two, you have such a comfortability with those quick slants and those quick digs. Why is that so comfortable to you? I think that goes back to high school and my developmental days. You know, I played at Constantino under Coach Logan down in Southern California, and he was all about that. We were a no-drop system. We didn't even take a three-step drop. We just kind of ripped it. Hmm. Uh, and yeah. so that's kind of where I learned that, and Coach Logan's been a big mentor in my life and taught me that. Um, but I've also, you know, throughout junior college, I developed a more drop-back game, and, you know, it all kind of comes together. You know, you, it really, in childhood and in football, it kind of takes a village. You learn a lot of different things from a lot of different people, um, and that's kind of how I would explain, you know, my development and my growth. Uh, I don't think that this offense, this offense isn't a whole ton different. We use a lot more tight ends here. I think at Riverside we were more 10 and 11 here, we're more 11 and 12. Uh, but it's not a whole lot different because our, our tight ends are super versatile and, and they can run great routes and catch the ball like a couple of them did this today. And so it, it wasn't a huge difference, and it, that made it easier to you know get acclimated with the offense. Is there an arm angle you don't like? No. <laughs> It'll come from anywhere. I love watching you play. Jake, there will be better days to come. Many more ahead. Thanks for tonight. We appreciate you. Thanks, appreciate Jake. you guys. All right, that's Jake Retzloff. We'll come back with more from Field Level in Morgantown on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to BYU Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live. On the new skid, BYU Sports Network. West Virginia 37, BYU 7, tonight's final score. The Mountaineers rack up almost 600 yards of offense, 567. Balanced night, they ran for 336, passed at 4231. Both teams committing 10 penalties on this night. Let's head down to field level. Let's bring in a man who had eight tackles, six of them solo tonight. He is Ethan Slade. Ethan, we appreciate you taking a minute. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right, tough one tonight, certainly. Uh, when you lose uh, by this margin, it uh, doesn't feel great. Uh, but what are you going to take that's instructive, hopefully back to Provo for Iowa State next week? Man, yeah, like you said, this one's definitely not fun. Um, leaves a bad taste in the mouth. But as a team... 
Um, Kalani just said we need to prepare as much as we possibly can for this upcoming week. Um, use this fuel that we have now um, as a drive. Um, and just, uh, for me personally, never let it happen again because that is definitely not the way you want to go out. Ethan, from the bird's eye view that we have up here, it looked like West Virginia came out physical and throwing some major haymakers. Were they more physical than you guys expected? Um, no. I, I think Coach Hill did a good job job preparing us. He knew that they were going to try to establish the run. And I think as a, just a defense, we didn't do a good enough job stopping the run. And once they established the run, they kind of had their way with us. Can I, walk me through the game plan of stopping those edges. W- what were you guys working on to try to control those edges that got loose on you? Um, we just, it's part of our defense. I don't think we try to, we changed any of our playing calling this much this week. We just have edge containers, inside containers, gaps down assignments, and we just need to do a better job. That's basically plain and simple. We just have to do a better job as a defense. How different was the routine this week with the East Coast game? I know you left town a day earlier, but did you feel you guys got the most out of your week? Um, yeah, definitely that was a little wrinkle in traveling a day early and being in the hotel for an extra day. But I think we did a great job practicing the days leading up. And then even down here, we had a day out practicing at a facility. So I think we did a good job. Who's a, who's a teammate that you're proud of tonight that you want to shout out that you say from what you saw and what you were helping to get done, you thought somebody really gave it tonight? Um, every night, I think A.J. Vonkachong gives his all every night. Um, that guy puts his body on the line day in and day out. He does everything right when it comes to practice, when it comes to film, when it comes to the game. And he's definitely a leader. He's someone I look up to. So, Ethan, you guys got to kind of rally and, and head back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You got Iowa State coming up. You guys take a quick break and you get right back at it. How quick do you guys start prep for Iowa State? Um, Monday mornings when it starts. Um, some of the players like to watch film on their own on Sunday, tomorrow night. But technically, Monday morning, bright and early, everyone's at it guys are still committed and laser focused to go get that win i'm sure oh most definitely we're not the goal is to never let this happen again because this is not fun the bowl game question comes up because you're still one win away is that a driving force for you and the boys right now oh yeah most most definitely have that bowl game just like you said being one game away um that's something that you have to earn and we know we need to earn that and it takes a lot of work, so we're going to put the work in to go get that done. So, Ethan, we know that that safety room has slimmed down. Is there hope that you may get one, maybe two back, maybe Talon Alfrey or, or anybody else coming back in this next week? Yeah, we. I'm, I'm hoping we can get some guys back. Talon, um, that'd be awesome to see him back out on the field. Like I said before, just they're all, all the guys in the room are great friends. So to see those guys that have been hurt for a while, if they could get back on the field, that'd be amazing just as to see their perseverance to get through the challenges they've had. Ethan, you've been named as a nominee for the Burlesworth Trophy in 2023. This award goes out to the most outstanding football player in America who began his career as a walk-on and shows excellent performance on the field. How much of an honor is that to you, and how would you describe your journey uh, from coming as a walk-on to where you are now being a starter? And congratulations to you on the nomination as well. Um. It's kind of, it's a, definitely a dream come true. It's not something I was looking, I didn't even really know about the award, honestly, before. But getting that award and just knowing kind of the route I've taken, nobody wants to be a walk-on, a preferred walk-on. Coming into college football, you kind of feel like you may have been slighted or you've worked, you worked so hard but you didn't get the results you wanted. But you got to put your head down and work and try to do as much as you possibly can. And to feel like that someone of that works kind of paid off in recognition, it's definitely a dream come true. 
Um, my mom was ecstatic when she, she got it, maybe even a little bit more than I was. And my dad's like, nay, you got to put that on your resume now. <laughs> By the way, how many Orem Tigers do you make now? How many Orem guys do we have on there? On the team? Oh, yeah. We got me, Jacob, we had Puka, Kingsley, Josh Singh. Yeah, there's a couple of us. All right, Tiger Pride. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Hey, Ethan, what, what did Jay Hill say to you and the defense after this game? Um, he put the blame on him, which I don't entirely agree with. I think there's a lot that has to do with us players as well. But he said he's going to be ready to rock and roll next week and prepare as much and best as possible. All right, Ethan, we know you'll be ready to roll for Iowa State. Big game at home on, on a Saturday night at your place. Look forward to it. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate you guys. Right, thank thanks you. again, and congratulations again to Ethan Slade on his nomination for the 2023 Burlesworth Trophy given to the most outstanding player in America who began his career as a walk-on and has been a good player on the field, and that certainly describes Ethan Slade. Back with more from Field Level in Morgantown, West Virginia 37, BYU 7, our final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With more Cougar post-game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's pause 10 seconds for a station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. West Virginia 37, BYU 7, tonight's final score here at Milan Pushkar Stadium in Morgantown, West Virginia, where 50,000-plus were on hand to watch the Mountaineers get bowl eligible. And BYU stay one game shy. The Kooks fall to 5-4 and four on the year. They'll try and get there next week home to Iowa State. BYU led in tackles tonight by Max Tooley, 12 tackles, 9 solo. He paced BYU in both categories, a TFL for Max as well. Max, appreciate you popping on the headset. Tough to talk after games like this, but uh, thanks for your time and, and taking a second. Um, now that you've had, I don't know, a half hour or so to let this sit, uh, what's going to sit with you as you get changed and get on a bus and a plane tonight? Yeah, man, obviously coming out to a game like this, it's, you know, this is not the outlook that you want. Um, it's a little embarrassing, um, especially back-to-back weeks, you know, similar outcomes. Um, but, yeah, you know, you got to look forward. You can't, in, anytime in college football, you can't look at the past. Um, you got to move forward. You got to have that next play mentality. You got to work for the next week and the ultimate goal, you know, which the current goal is win another game, get bowl eligible. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to look for the ways we can prove next week and go go get a win at Lavelle. So. You know, Max, I talked a lot about what BYU needed to do coming into this game with Jaheim White and just off the edge, just really holding and controlling that edge. What were they doing to get those edges sealed up so that they could hit them so well with over 300 yards rushing today? Yeah, man, I mean, we, we came into this game knowing that they were going to run the ball run the ball well. They have two or three or four even um, backs that are fully capable of running both downhill and outside. So, you know, they got that outside zone game running, and, you know, it's just the little things. The gaps were a little too big, and we weren't, we weren't smoking them as much. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, fixing our, our individual assignments and you know, getting better from there. Yeah, how, how much um... – how much of West Virginia, if West Virginia felt at all, um, like like an option team where, where reads and keys are just the whole game plan defensively, and how much was it kind of a standard rush attack as far as you were concerned? No, yeah. I mean, going into the game, we knew their quarterback was a big threat, um, you know, on, on, the, on the ground. 
Um, so that we had that in mind. We had a pretty good game plan coming forward, and you know they just hit us, you know, where we weren't expecting. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard to say at this point after not reviewing the film yet, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just a matter of you know them them doing their assignments better than us and us not executing. So I'm curious, just in the flow of a game, kind of take us into a huddle. And, you know, that the, the drives are rolling a little bit and you're having a hard time stopping that West Virginia offense. What, what is the conversation and the feel like in that huddle, Max? Man, I mean, just any time in college football, you know, we all know, especially the guys that have been playing for a long time, um, we know that a, a, the momentum can flip at any moment. So I think every, every time, you know, they were, they were driving, it didn't really matter. Um, we all had that mindset, you know, we can make a – can make a big stop here, change the game, um, get a takeaway, um, stop them on fourth down or whatever whatever we need to do. Um, I think that's always going to be our mindset going forward, regardless of what the, the score is or the situation is. We're going to you know, try our best. We're going to come out and try to be the hammers and you know, just just do our jobs, really, when it comes down to it. But, yeah, just staying positive, not, not um, looking for excuses. Just like, like I said before, just that next play mentality getting things rolling you know i was just watching this scheme out there and, and watching what the defensive front was doing and then your second line of defense uh, up front were you trying to penetrate gaps or were you trying to control blockers and then and then with the second line of defense were you guys just really trying to force the gaps or just get to the gap i mean yeah obviously we're, we're playing more of a gap gap defense and you know i think the the key to any good defense is getting knocked back off the line. Um, yeah. And we knew we knew full, uh, full well that their offensive line was going to be one of the best we faced this year. Um, you got a really great center, really great tackles as well. So I think, yeah, I mean, we we failed to execute in terms of you know controlling our gaps, um, and they were they were getting out and moving and getting their hands on us. You know, maybe getting away with some calls at some point, but you can never you can never point your finger at that um, in terms of ultimate result so yep Yep. uh you can uh turn your gaze toward the offense for just a quick second and maybe have some thoughts on how a guy you've gotten to know a little bit and jake retzloff came into the program and got his first fbs start tonight yeah no i mean it's been awesome to get to know jake this uh this year um all of us have had confidence in him we knew he's going to come out and make some plays make some things happen um, it was good to see him you know using his feet picking up first downs picking up uh chunk plays when you know, he was he was in trouble, almost getting sacked and whatnot. So it's good to have that that different element out there. He was zipping the ball in there. Um, he made some big throws. Um, obviously, you know, every everybody on the field can can find ways to improve. Um, but yeah, ultimately, just a matter of scoring more points and, and figuring that out. Yeah, so. when you guys go good versus good or ones versus ones, you've seen enough of him in practice. Even though you know, when you get into the season, it's mostly a scout. But you know what kind of quarterback he is. He's 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 hard to defend, isn't he? Oh yeah, I mean, he's pretty unorthodox. I, I think yeah. is a good description for him. You know, he's he's got a different um, throwing motion. Zips the ball in there real good. Um, I think yeah, he's he's only got um, a, a bright upside. So he's o- he's only going to get better from here. Just a matter of taking the reps and getting those game reps and getting that game experience as well. Max, you've been doing this for a lot of years, man. Uh, you know, I've been calling a lot of, and watching a lot of your games, and, and I know you've been doing this a lot of years. And You've had a lot of different teams and teammates and chemistry. How do you feel like this team is right now? You know, you come off this loss, and you're still looking for bolt eligibility. How connected, uh, how close 
how unified do you feel like this team is moving forward to Iowa State? Yeah, you know, in, in terms of, you know, the faces that we have around, a lot of them are new. I mean, that's not a surprise to anybody or every, everybody already knows that. But I feel like this year our culture is, you know, on par to the to the years past, you know, in terms of just guys getting together, um, even though we've known known these guys a little bit less. Um, so I think everyone everyone's bought into the culture. Everyone's bought into, you know, going out and finishing the season strong, getting that bowl eligibility, um, just relying on each other, just getting better each day. Well, Max, much more enjoyable to speak with you after a W. We know that, um, but we take we appreciate you taking the time and sharing your thoughts and wish you the best of luck as you prep and get ready for Iowa State back at home next week. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank yeah, you great. so much. Thank you a lot. That's Max Tooley joining us on Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live. We'll come back, take a look at some more stats, and get ready to hear from Kalani Sitake as we continue. Final score tonight, West Virginia 37 and BYU 7 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The Postgame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Economics Partners, a national leader in business valuation services. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to Milan Pushkar Stadium in Morgantown, West Virginia. 50,000-plus on hand. BYU falls to WVU by a score of 37-7. to BYU scored last in this game. Yes, West Virginia had a 37-0 lead at one point. BYU with an Aiden Robbins touchdown, making it the final margin, and Aiden picks up his first touchdown as a BYU Cougar and his 12th collegiate touchdown of his of his career Greg Rubel hands Olsen upstairs will be joined by Kalani Zitake coming up momentarily as we hear from the head coach following tonight's game your pregame keys to the game let's revisit them yeah see how things turned out sure. key number one was all about reads and keys and assignments for BYU defenders right they needed to stay on those reads and you just heard Max <laughs> they struggle with their keys and they struggle with their reads and they got locked up they got bumped up and he did mention, uh, and I talked a lot about this. Actually, I put out two videos in regards to it. They do like to hold up on the edge. They will grab cloth, and they will force the official's hand. They'll say, how far do you want to take this? You're going to throw a flag on every, every far sweep, every time I grab jersey, and they really do push it. And so, number one, yeah, they, they failed in that quick category. Um, number two, I thought that BYU could run against this defensive front. Uh, Central Florida ran against them. Uh, Houston ran against them. Um, there, there was a couple of 200-yard games that have gone against this West Virginia front because they run a 3-5 or 3-3 or 3-4, and they'll rotate a couple of guys out of that box, and they'll go to a 3-2, and they will, uh, they'll just kind of limit their strengths, and you can run against it. But obviously they fell short there. Greg, and then here's the big one. I talked about the special teams. That was number three. It was. And there was a really nice return for a touchdown. And it was like, you know, throw your hands up. And it was like, there it is. And, and that was to begin the second half. Yeah, and then there's the flag. And, yeah, and that would have made it, what, 27-7? It would have. 27-7 at that time. And, you know, you would have had momentum, but there's the flag. Uh, Isaiah Glasker uh, picked up, uh, I believe it was a holding call. Uh, on the the back side of the plate, which wouldn't have altered it if there was no hold there. So 
you had some bad special teams moments as well. So all three of the keys to get victory kind of fell, the other way. Kind of fell short in this one. And, and you know, it was tough to see some dropped passes. Uh, there were dropped balls that I just didn't expect. I, the one target to Isaac Rex on the seam. Hey, hey, I do have some things that I'm excited about. Retzloff does throw a pretty darn nice seam, and he throws a really nice slant. He throws nice at the button hooks. He throws anything that's, you know, in that 10 to 5-yard distance. If it's his first read, he'll put it on the money. So I'm excited. It gets there in a hurry too, doesn't it? It does. He throws a quick ball. He throws a nice quick ball, and still need to look at for some of the things over the top, but that seemed that he hit to Isaac Rex. Now, Isaac Rex took a shot, and that would have been a really tough catch to come down with. But they, he hit him on the money, and Isaac had it in his hands for a minute. Um, there was a, a drop by Chase Roberts. Parker Kingston fumbled the ball inside the 20. Parker Kingston had the fumble. So, you know, there were some, there were some miscues that I was really bummed about. But the keys to the win, to the victory, all three of them fell short. You're not going to get a ton of possessions off times in a West Virginia game, and BYU had 10 drives tonight. They lowered their three-and-out number, though. BYU had been averaging a three-and-out on 31-plus percentage, 31-plus uh, percent of drives this year. That lowered to 20 tonight, two three-and-outs with, uh, with 10 possessions on this night. Let's get you some individual numbers of note, uh, some final individual stats. Jake Retzloff in his first game as a starting quarterback for BYU Goes 24 for 42 for 210. No touchdowns, no picks, so it ends up just under 100 in pass efficiency rating. Not a great number that way, but it's start number one for Jake Retzloff. Aiden Robbins, 10 for 37 and a score. And Retzloff, 10 for 26. Those are your two leading ground gainers. Did not see L.J. Martin. Uh, Kalani's thought pregame was you would see or could see L.J. tonight, but this was not the night to play L.J., and maybe the way the game went, the longer it went, they thought, you know what, if there's any doubt, let's just make sure he's a little better for next week. You know, and I'm curious about this because we just haven't seen Deion Smith or Miles Davis much either. And a couple snaps of uh, Deion and nothing from Miles tonight. You know, that Deion Smith, he had a couple of runs. He had one big run against Texas that was like the one real offensive spark that they had. I'd like to see more Deion Smith. I might like to see more Miles Davis just trying to hit the edge. I know Aiden Robbins is out there trying to carry the load, and he finally got back from whatever was ailing him. But Aiden seems like he's missing a step downhill as well. The leading receiver for BYU was Parker Kingston, 6 for 57. Keelan Marion, 6 for 53. Chase Roberts, 4 for 53. Those were BYU's leading receivers on the night as West Virginia wins it by a final score of 37 to 7. First quarter to West Virginia, 14 0, 13 0 in the second, 10 0 in the third. And BYU won the fourth quarter by a 7 0 score as the Cougars scored last to wrap this one up. Let's head back down to field level as BYU head coach Kalani Sitake has popped on the headset. Kalani, Greg Rubel, and Hans Olsen upstairs. Thanks for coming on. Um, you've had some time. You've talked to the media already, the other media. Uh, you've sat with your thoughts for a little bit. Uh, what do you want to share with Cougar Nation to kick things off with us tonight, Kalani? Yeah, I apologize to Cougar Nation for the uh, performance tonight. Um, not good enough. And uh, I, I, I say that by also giving credit to West Virginia for the for executing and playing a sound game, and then they they just wanted it more, you know. And so um, uh, we we've got a, some things to figure out, but um, you know we we have a chance to 
bounce back and, and uh, go home and play a game. Uh, this is going to be a tough film to watch, but we got to watch it and, and learn from it. And in some moments, it's embarrassing. So, um, you know, looking at it, uh, this is a great time for us to evaluate everything and everybody and get some competition and get the guys on the field that, that, that can help us win games. And uh, just uh, that, that we all, the whole program, is it's everyone, all three phases, coaches, support staff, and players. we gotta, we got to be way better than this. You know, the thing I was a little bit surprised in on this one, Kalani, was the domination of the, the both offensive and defensive lines for, for West Virginia. Uh, why? Where is the struggles with the BYU offensive line right now, you know, giving up, what was it, three sacks, I believe, multiple pressures, and, and just 60 yards of, of rushing. What What's going on with this BYU offensive front? Yeah, I have to watch the film. It's not good enough, Hans, to answer your question. It's just... It's not good. Uh, we used to be that type of offense that you just saw on West Virginia side. We used to be that type of team that would, would, would run the clock, pound you, and run the ball and, and be able to play action, take shots downfield. And uh, it's, hard to do that. it's hard to do that when we're missed assignments, uh, missing blocks. And uh, there's, there's enough room to, to improve in all places. And I hate saying that with nine games being done. You know, I, I just... This isn't good, and, and this is uh, that, that, that's that's what I, I got to get this fixed, man. This is uh, uh, not like this is not our identity. This is not our, our team. Um, so we've got to figure things out and, and get better for next week. But um, we we can choose to do that. Or I told the guys that pain is inevitable. That's part of life. But misery is a choice, you know. So um, I, I do like the way our guys, um, you know, the way they handle themselves, and, and I just. Just want to see us play better football. You know, I just think that um, we, we've got to get some fight in, our, in, our, in us. And when guys uh, hit us in the mouth, we've got to be able to respond better than what we did today. Was this basically West Virginia that you'd seen to this point in the season? Yeah, unfortunately, we've seen some teams play their best ball against us. And so uh, that, that's, not, that's not a good thing, you know. And, and, um, uh, and we have yet to, to, to put it together for four quarters. And then that's a... Uh, that's that's the goal, but obviously we're, we've come short of it. And um, we're, this is a this is a tough conference, man. You, you didn't think that we're just going to walk into this conference and show up, and people are just going to bow down to us. You know, you have to go and take what you want, and and you have to get what you want, and that that, that doesn't happen just by just showing up. You you have to do everything. You have to be willing to sacrifice and make make some sacrifices along the way to get the you have to pay the price and. And we did not pay the price, and we were not physical enough. We were not aggressive. We were not strong. Uh, we were not stout. And that's in, not just a line of scrimmage. That's everywhere, man. I did, didn't see enough enough toughness from our team, and I got to get them. I got to get them there because we we know we have tough guys. Um, they'll fight, but I, I there's a difference between fight and there's a difference between like give it everything you've got and just empty the tank. And I don't that that didn't happen. We didn't empty the tank. So you as a staff make a decision to go with Jake Retzlaff as your starting quarterback. Give us your assessment of his performance in his first start. Well, I thought Jake has great poise and composure. I like what he's doing there. The the unfortunate part with Keaton is that, you know, he's been playing banged up um, for a good number of games. And, um, and when you're not able to compete for your starting job, then you got to go with the guy that, that can do it. And, and, and we want Keaton to get healthy because when he's healthy, he's good. 
But uh, until then, an uh, 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 injured Keaton can't be better than a, than a healthy Jake Retzloff, especially with the injury that he's going through right now. With with, uh, so we'll see what happens in the next week. But we've got some great competition now. I think, but that's in every position. We have guys that have to compete, and we will play the best guys. I mean, that's the guys that are hungry for it the most, and the guys that want to be assignment sound and do the right proper technique that we're teaching. Those guys will get on the field uh, come Saturday night against Iowa State. This is the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. More with Kalani Sitake coming up from Morgantown. It's brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. More with the coach next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 37-7, West Virginia over BYU tonight's final score to our economics, value, economics partner's valuable stat of the game. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise one of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. And possession time doesn't mean everything, but for a team like West Virginia, it can mean a lot. And tonight, Kalani, West Virginia had the ball for 11 minutes more than BYU. Big part of their win tonight. Yeah, they won in every every category. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is a uh, yeah, it's very disappointing. And and um, and they they could have burned more clock. You know, they just they just kind of got young guys in there. We got some young guys playing, and it, it was a uh, it was. Um, I, th- I think they have they have some great momentum going now with, with what they just did to us tonight. And uh, congratulations to them. They got bowl eligible. You know, so this is stuff that that they like. I said they were hungrier for it. They wanted it more. And um, I hope our guys want it more next week. I just had a random play come to my mind. West Virginia opened up 7 nothing, and, and I think that BYU got a delay of game on the first play of the series. Was that just a, a, a quarterback in his first start not getting his people where they needed to be, seeing the clock? What do you think that was? Yeah, and I think it was a little bit of, of the Connor Pay was trying to get his signals in or trying to get his calls through. O-line wasn't set, and there was just it was just really like a, a slow moving partners like i'm just sitting there going like when are they going to start going like it just they were standing there for a good portion of the time they just the, the sense of urgency didn't have it from snap one and, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it, it lasted throughout the whole freaking game uh, another random moment kalani was the seven or eight minute deliberation between the officials when they were trying to figure out an offensive lineman downfield or what was happening in that whole thing I think they're just trying to get it right. I, I, I think because they they had the line of scrimmage wrong. They did. There, there was an ineligible man downfield. I mean, it, it was an RPO, and that that was evident. But then I think they were looking back to see where the line of scrimmage was at. You know, because they had it at the forty, and I'm like, hold on, I thought we were down here more. And I, I mean, it, it's never perfect, but the the refs did did their job. They did did their job to the best of their ability. And that's just part of that. That has no, no issues. I'm not even thinking about the refs right now. I'm thinking about ball security. I'm thinking about toughness. I'm thinking about stout on the line of scrimmage. I'm thinking about knocking people back. I'm thinking about making sound tackles. You know what I mean? The fundamental part of football, which is what I need to get from the guys, and we've seen a good, good, we've seen good examples all year, and then all of a sudden this shows up, and it's just garbage. Wide receiver crews hit hard, uh, Kalani. You had no Darius coming into it, and then you lose Cody. You lost Chase, who was really tough and came back in the game. 
it's tough to keep guys healthy right now at that position, it seems like. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the game, man. You know, when you're playing on this turf and it's, it's hard, you get your head, you, you get your bell rung by your head hitting the ground. That just happens. And, uh, you know, ho hopefully you get Cody back. I mean, we need to be careful with him because, you know, we have to look and evaluate the concussion protocol. But um, it's just, it's just man, it, it, the, the whole demeanor, the, the whole... Like, you have to have the ball. When you possess the ball, you have to have this mindset of, I'm going to run through a wall. And um, and that that happens when you grip the ball and put it close to your chest and you try to get, get yards. And that's we, we need to see that more from our, our team. So, Kalani, after a game like this, it, do you have tough conversations with the assistant coach, with your staff? Do you, do you sit down and, and have some pretty abrasive conversations? How does, how does that go as, as you're all trying to get better in this moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be um, careful because I don't want to get emotional, but I, I need to find the reasons why. And, and I always look at myself first and what, what, why, what can I do better? And then I have to look at everyone else and I have to look at, at staff, at, at, at coaches, at, at um, everyone, you know. And, and our, our team is in shape. We're in great shape. We're just not, not playing. We're not taking advantage of how how strong and physical we are and so it's this is the mental part is it the travel what is it uh i have to factor all those things in but i also don't want to make excuses for people and uh sometimes it's just that you got your butt kicked and you got to get up and then you got to answer back and, and find a way to not allow that to happen ever again and that's i think that's where i'm leaning towards right now i just i, I want to go i want to go crazy on everybody you know what i mean and and uh, just just get us back to our identity and what we what we can do. Iowa State uh, fell to Kansas tonight at home. KU went into Ames and won 28-21. You've got Iowa State at your place next Saturday night, 8:15 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You already know there's no weeks off in this league. It's a good Iowa State coming to town despite their loss at home to Kansas tonight. Yeah, this league is hard. To, it's hard to win on the road. So uh, you, we were on the road the last two weeks and and obviously didn't win. So th this is. Good time to be home, right? And um, uh, I just need to start seeing the team that, that, that we know we are soon. And I need to see that on the flight back home. And, and I need to see that every day that we go to church and everything that we do, I need to start seeing that soon from everybody. And, and I need to start exemplifying it myself, you know. And, and uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a toughness that comes with this game. You can't run away from it. You've got to face it. And you got to this, – this is – we took it on the, on the chin tonight. Now what are we going to do? Well, this is this will define on who you are as a person, your identity. I'm excited for that moment. Well, Kalani, thank you for the time, and good luck as you and the guys get set for the Cyclones. Appreciate you. Thank you, and thank you to all Cougar Nation that showed up tonight. Thank you, guys, and, and it was an honor to sing the fight song with you guys. We love you. Travel safely, and we'll, we'll be better next week, I promise. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Thank you, Kalani. All right, so we will come back and hear from Neil Brown, head coach of the Mountaineers. Final score tonight, West Virginia 37 and BYU 7. This has been the BYU <coughs> Beg your pardon, BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. On the new skin, hey, BYU, hey, it, it hey, happens. Chase Roberts and, and Epps, and they're not the only ones that were playing injured. I'm trying to get through this one my, tonight. My guy over here has <laughs> fought the good battle. This All right, we're back fight. with Coach Brown after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. 
BYU falls at West Virginia. 37-7 is our final. West Virginia becomes the sixth Big 12 team to get bowl eligible, joining Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, K-State, and Kansas. So BYU looks to become the next team. BYU's one win away, and they're the only team that's one win away at this point. Everyone else has only four or three or fewer wins overall. BYU's five and four. And we'll look to get bowl. Uh, no, check that. Iowa State also uh, one win away. So Iowa State and BYU will meet next week <laughs> with the winner getting bowl eligible. Both are five and four. Of course, it's going to be online in that game, too. On Second week in a row that uh, bowl eligibility is on the line. Yeah. Then on the line coming up next week. And Iowa State, man, they've got a quarterback that can move around. He's tough. That's a tough defense. You know, they play a hard-nosed style football. They were the top four defense in the country last year. They've added offense this year that's made them pretty darn potent. So Iowa State is going to be shook up and unhappy coming out of Kansas and coming into Lavelle. Coming out of Ames. They were they were home tonight. They yeah, lost that game. Yeah, coming out of Kansas game, they are going to be riled up. Okay, so BYU and ISU next Saturday for bowl eligibility. So West Virginia was picked 14th in the 14-team Big mm. 12, and they're now the sixth team to get bowl eligible. Neil Brown, head coach of the Mountaineers, spoke with the media a short time ago, and our audio engineer, Doug Olson, was down there to capture these comments. Here's Coach Neil Brown of West Virginia. Uh, great win. Um, a lot of respect for, for BYU's program, and uh, I think Kalani, one of the better human beings we have coaching and he's obviously done a really good job there for a long time so um, really a really a, a good win for us um, thought it was a complete game defense offense special teams felt like you know last two weeks have played you know what we call good football you know and today was probably our most complete game where we where we played uh, good in all three phases played good on defense played good on offense special teams wise um, and I want to say this too. I thought I thought I want to thank the crowd because, other than our students um, and our maniacs, they get here early. But other than our students, like the crowd got here early tonight, and there was a, there was energy, there was juice in the stadium, and uh, and I think our guys felt that even in pregame. You know, I think there's something special about playing at night here, and there's a little different aura. Even coming in in the man trip, uh, we had a bigger crowd. Um, you know, the weather helps. It was a beautiful day. But, man, there was a lot of energy in the man trip, and I thought it, it, it bled right into pregame, and our guys really fed off that. So I want to thank our crowd for, for doing that. If you look at it, um, you know, I think the stats pretty much tell a story. Defensively, only gave up 277 yards, held them to seven points, and that was with some backups. Thought we were really good on third and fourth down. Um, you know, anytime you hold a team to 67 yards rushing, you're gonna, you, that's a pretty good day. You, you, you're going to have a pretty good chance to win that game. Offensively, we continue to, to play at a high level. You know, I think that's several games in a row now that we're doing that. You know, the things that sticks out, 336 yards rushing, 200-yard rushers. Um, we held the ball for 35, over 35 minutes. Um, and then on special teams, our kickoff coverage, we got to get better at that. I, I, don't, I thought we'd made some improvements. I'm not real sure. i got to watch the video and see where we where we failed on that. But only punted one time. I thought our field goal protection was really good. Mike made a really difficult kick. Um, talking about specialists, really proud. Danny King got an opportunity, went in there, and really hit the ball well. Um, but I thought we played um, we played you know well on special teams. You know, and I think nothing, no big plays, but we didn't give up any negative plays either. So um, only negative was the penalties. You know, we've been a team that haven't had hasn't had that all year and. Uh, 
Man, there was a lot of penalties in that game. And, and here's the thing, most of them were legit. You know, other than, I don't know what the heck that delay was forever that, you know, we had to go to replay and all that. But other, the rest of them, they're probably legit, and we got to clean that up. And so, without, Greg, without uh, questions, Greg. So, so, start with defense. You know, you guys have struggled there the last two games. But, you know, today, very good injury situation. Your backup's starting to get comfortable now. What, what was the reason why the defense yeah, so hard for me to say until, until I watch the tape. But what I thought is, I thought that we would, we obviously did a good job in the run game and kind of, and I felt they probably felt like coming in they needed to be one dimensional. You know, it's tough. You know, that, the quarterback who's got a quick release, man, he got rid of the ball fast, threw the ball from a bunch of di- different arm angles. But that's hard. He hasn't played all year, and he's going to make his first uh, start on the road, two time zones away, um, national TV, all those things. That's a tough ask, and. Uh, and so a couple things, I thought we tackled well on a lot of, after a couple initial quick screens, I thought we tackled well, got them behind the chains. That helped. Um, and I thought, you know, when you watch the tape, Cutter and Visor, those guys probably played better. You know, D-line wise, uh, I think we're doing a better job of keeping it clean for those guys. Um, and then without question, that was the best our safeties have played in, in, in a long time. So I thought Anthony Wilson was really good in the game. Aubrey Burks um, is back looking like he did pre-TCU. So I think those are some of the reasons why we played better. Uh, trying to get Jaheim White more involved over the last couple of weeks and, and really see what he's capable of tonight. Start to finish, what's it been like bringing him along? Yeah, you know, I think this game is really hard to play as a true freshman. And that's why there's a reason why you don't see a whole lot. And usually the ones that are able to do it, like the guys that we've had, if you look at Zach Frazier, Wyatt Milam, people like that that have played a lot of football as true freshmen, uh, they're usually pretty special. And he's got a chance to be special. You know, he's a long way. Where he's at, you know, right now and what he can be, there's a big gap. And so if he continues to do the things that it takes to be great, then he is going to be a great one. And uh, he can break tackles. He's, he's got good burst. He's really improved on his ball security. He's learned how to practice and prepare, which is probably the hardest thing to do when you go from high school to college. Um, and he's earned these opportunities. You know, he got 16 carries today. Um, that's the most he's had in the game, I'm pretty sure. Um, and this is uh, the second time he's gone over 100. You know, he had uh, around 90 last week. And so... He's going to be important for us, as is Rodney. You know, we got Rodney some touches, and he's going to continue to be important for us, too, as we go down the stretch. Were you at all surprised that Slovis didn't go, and how did that change your prep at all? You know, um, you know I saw it, it was weird. So I'm not on, I'm not on social media, so I get, all my, I get all my stuff on ESPN and, and uh, on ESPN and, and some Apple News stuff. And so I got on my phone after our practice on uh, Thursday, and we have a call with our data analytics. And a lot of the data analytics are tied into your, the, the point spreads. And our game really jumped, and I thought that was weird. And, and so um, when it came out, that, I, I guess that's the reason why. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not in there. In there um, I don't even know if he was here. I have no idea. Um, but we, it was too late in the week to change. You know, we spent a lot of time watching junior college football on uh, – on Thursday evening late, you know, some of our advanced people and on Friday. And then we went back and looked at some film from last couple of years because, you know, BYU's had some, you know, they got two NFL guys starting on Sunday, you know, so the last two starting quarterbacks they've had are starting in the NFL this weekend. And so, and both those guys are a little bit, are mobile. So we went back and watched some film on that on Friday. Uh, but we didn't really alter our run game. I mean, excuse me, we didn't really alter our, uh, our plan defensively. It was too late in the week. Seems like you and Chad have just 
I guess, push all the right buttons for, for both of them? Well, I don't know. You know, Jaheim was more of a – he wasn't playing a little – he wasn't playing as much, and that was more of a um, – you know, it was more of how he was practicing and preparing, you know. And, and so I think when you have a veteran group up front, like it's important, like, that you earn those opportunities. And and he just wasn't there, you know. And we, we had a lot of faith in him because we knew he was talented. And so, you know, we just kept on. And a lot of credit to Chad, kept kept on Jaheim. And, you know, he was coming around, you know, and he, and he started practicing better and he started preparing better and taking care of all the stuff off the field. And, and now you're, he's seeing the fruit of those results. And, and my, my, my guess is that he probably won't backslide again because he now he sees, okay, that, you know, if I invest this, this is a result. And so I like how this feels. I like the results I'm getting. I'll continue to do the things that, that it takes to do that. And then CJ was just, you know, it was part confidence, part him. You know, what, what was happening when he went through that stretch where he really wasn't playing well, he was really pressing. Um, people were playing him different. And he was just leaving a lot of yards out there. And, and really, last week, and I'm pretty sure this is the case this week, is he went back and just did the basic things as far as setting up his runs, not being impatient, um, using his blockers, uh, lowering his pads on contact. Um, but it, it, it hasn't been anything that's necessarily um, been a revelation by any means. It's just, hey, we kind of went back to basics, and, and it's paying off for him. That is the head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers, Neil Brown. BYU falls to West Virginia by a score of 37-7 to tonight. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Let's get you our skill-testing trivia question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. It's Inside Scoop Trivia presented by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Greg and Hans and Mitch up here in the booth. We'll come back after this break. We'll get the correct answer to the question and get final thoughts from both Hans and Mitch as we wrap things up. Here's your question. And, again, to submit the answer, what you're going to want to use is the hashtag BYUCPL, hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live. You must use that hashtag, hashtag BYUCPL, and you have to be the first person to cross my timeline on Twitter with the correct answer to the following question. This one has six answers. It's a lot for us. But here we go. Yes, Hans? I, well, I thought, I thought, well, there was one that had 11. Yeah, it was less than that. <laughs> so M- M- Mitch had a question that had 11 answers, and I go, that's way too many. Way too many. <laughs> How about six? We'll, we'll slip it down by four. Yeah, or five. five. Or whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Here's the question. Some, we've been having some math problems. Oh, big there. time. Big time. All right. Which are the only six FBS schools, BYU's faced at least two times without at least one win. Oh, man. That's so FBS opponents only. BYU's had to have played them multiple times with no wins. Hint? Well, I know one of them. Hint, one of them is West Virginia. Yeah, because I know it was 0-1 coming. <laughs> so now it's 0-2. See, he does, he does the quick I see math. how this works. There's the quick math on this one. <laughs> so besides West Virginia, which are the five other... FBS schools, BYU's faced at least two times without at least one win. Winless against an FBS team that BYU's played multiple times. West Virginia and five other schools. Name them. Can I the guess hashtag. one? Sure. Florida State. You want to give the so this that's two. Now that now the audience only has to do four. <laughs> I was a part of one of the Florida State losses. It was not my favorite moment. We opened up against Florida State and Jacksonville Stadium in the Pigskin Classic. Burt Reynolds was there to talk with Lavelle before the game. Yeah. I was there, too. Well, Chris Winkie was 38. 
And yeah. He'd already had an NFL career and came back to college eligibility. So we're asking people now to give us four schools in addition to West Virginia and Florida State. Mitch, can you name one? <laughs> that, I saw enough. the list. <laughs> Mitch is already Mitch. I know, I know them all now. <laughs> Mitch has the true inside scoop. Okay, hashtag BYUCPL. We're looking for the four schools now, FBS schools besides West Virginia and Florida State, that BYU's played multiple times without a win. Has BYU played Michigan multiple times? <laughs> no, just once. <laughs> just once. Just felt like two losses. How'd that go? Yeah. All right, we're back with the answer after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. All right, uh, welcome back to uh, West Virginia, Morgantown, West Virginia. And it's always nice when, uh, when the host of the show has the correct answer to the question he's given. Because everyone that uh, submits a response on Twitter has me thinking that I messed this question up. But I didn't. I really didn't. So the question was, before the break, for skill testing uh, trivia, that is, which six FBS schools has BYU faced multiple times without at least one win? We gave the answer to two of the schools, right, which was West Virginia, 0-2, and Florida State. What did we say on that one? 0-4. 0-4. So we're looking for four other schools. And the correct answer has to be submitted with the hashtag BYUCPL. And um, what's happening here is a lot of people are guessing, and not everyone's getting the other four. The other four, yeah. I think six is too many. <laughs> okay, well, can I just take the ice cream? Because that I did guess Florida State. Like a lot of people are getting most, but not everyone's getting all. There's always some wild card someone throws in that's not right. And there's a, there's a defined answer to this. We, we can't have extra. We can't have extra submissions. But this one looks right, doesn't it? That one looks right. We just got one. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. That is correct. Okay. All right. Um, let's congratulate the man who is on Twitter as at BYU Statsman. Be a, it makes sense that a guy called at BYU Statsman would have a good answer to this, and he's correct. He says Iowa State, West Virginia, Florida State, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, and Kansas. That's correct. Iowa State, 0-4. BYU gets them next week in Provo. Got a chance to end that one. Ohio State, 0-3. Florida State, 0-4. Oklahoma State, 0-2. Get them in two weeks. Got a chance to end that. Or in three weeks. And then uh, KU 0-2. Fell to 0-2 this year. And West Virginia 0-2 after tonight. There he is. Six teams, multiple games, FBS schools, all of them. And uh, no wins yet. Well, I'll tell you what, Greg. There's a few things that this team has got to do to be able to shake that Iowa State tag. And it's really going to start with their front defensively and their front offensively. I'm telling you right now, I, I I've already pulled up the film. I was just showing Mitch. I've been going over trench play already. I, I want to just dive into it and start doing some real push-outs and, and show people the film so that they can see what's happening. But, you know, you you miss Paul Miley and you put Caleb Etienne in at that guard position, and he looked lost at times. He looked lost. And because you look lost, you don't hit people. 
you let people get by you. And when you can let people get by you, you let down your teammates, and your teammates look bad for it. And it wasn't just Caleb. It was across the board. And then I talked about the defensive line getting washed. And what I mean by that is you've got a position you've got to hold. We talked about that in the pregame. It was one of my keys. You've got a position, a gap you've got to hold. And that West Virginia offensive line was taking them somewhere between five and eight yards past their gap. So the cutback lanes were coming. So White and anybody else that was running was coming right through the cutback lanes. And when you get washed as a defensive lineman, what you're doing is getting punked. You're getting punked. So this BYU defensive line, they got punked tonight. The offensive line, they got punked. Kalani Satake said it. I'm saying it. I could name each one by name. They know who they are. They got to watch the film and they got to face the consequence. I just asked Mitch. I said, Mitch, did you ever? Because I, I didn't ever remember Mitch or his teams having an embarrassing loss like this. We had one, but you had one. I know I had. I I know I had two, and they're horrifying. Yeah. And the film's horrifying, and and it's and it's terrible. And I know that the assistant staff. They take the wrath of Kalani, and Kalani has to take the wrath of the athletic directing department. And it just all flows downhill, and there's nothing fun or good about it. And like Kalani said, this is the word he left us with. He said, I guess we'll see how we respond against Iowa State. If you don't respond well against Iowa State going back at home, then you start looking around like, all right, we got to take that next step to make this change. Well, what that next step is, I don't want to talk about it now. Just – Take care, Iowa State. Yeah. One thing I love that uh, Kalani was talking about, and, and it sounds like, I mean, just with where where the season is right now, where he, the way he's feeling about these players, um, every, it sounds like every single position is going to be a position battle in practice. Um, I think he, he's just trying to find the guys that are going to go out and play hard, play physical, and, and find out who wants it, who, who wants to compete. Because tonight, I mean, what we saw was there were a lot of guys that just didn't look like they wanted to compete. And I think Kalani's at the point now where it's, I don't care who you are, what your name is, what number you wear on your jersey. If you want to compete, we're going to find a spot and you're going to be out there. Um, so so it'll be interesting to see what, what shakeups happen. Um, I, one positive that I do want to focus on, like, I, I was impressed with Jake Retzlaff. Um, I, I think he came out, and I, I mentioned this early um, early in the broadcast, but he made quick, confident decisions, and, and I loved that. Um, I think uh, you know it, it's very clear that the supporting cast around the quarterback position needs to level up and, and improve in, in a number of areas because it's not 100%. We're, if we're learning anything this season, it's, it's not on the quarterback um, or, or just on the quarterback. Um, and and so I, I I'm optimistic about what Jake can do. Yeah, it, I thought we saw a lot of signs of of man the guys and 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 the other thing that I loved about it not only his play but I loved his interview. I, I loved I I loved you can tell that this guy he this is not going to sit well. But and he wasn't gonna, just coached to say the certain no. things you want. That that's that's from that guy's heart about I'm a winner and this is not what I'm used to. No and and he's going to go make some changes he's going to watch the film and i think he, he the way that he answered those questions too i think he's going to get a lot of guys to rally around him um he he clearly even though it's his first game he's 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 a he's a newcomer to the to the team this year it's clear that that there's respect for jake 
from this team. And so I, I'm just I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the next couple of games, how his game evolves, because despite a very tough loss where the team did not look good, there were a lot of bright spots from Jake Retzloff. Yeah, d- d- despite the fact things went, they were, went the way they did tonight, and despite the fact that colleges are always shopping, if this was a guy you had to develop with the expectation or hope of him being your guy next year, there's a lot to work with there, Yeah, I think. And, and so if that's the way it went... Uh, for next season, I'd be enthused about that guy leading your team. I would too. I would too. You know, they. Uh, I think the individual that instantly comes to mind for me is the guy that sat in this booth with you for a lot of years, Riley Nelson. Uh, he's the, that rally guy. He always had the clean, crisp answers. He he always took accountability, but he always had the motor to respond to negativity. If Jake Ritzlaff can be anything like Riley Nelson was as a player and a broadcaster, it would be a really good thing for him. Yep. And you already we, – we reflected on it earlier, but uh, the numbers he put up um, at the JUCO level were, were video game numbers. And, and that's a guy used to slinging it and getting really positive results out of what he does. And I, I just thought there was no point tonight where I thought, uh-oh, this game's too big, too fast, West Virginia's got him figured. He just looked – comfortable the numbers weren't there the result wasn't there but it wasn't on him tonight I didn't think uh, yeah but I, I'm with both of you and and look I, I I would be absolutely honest on this if if I didn't feel like there was some upside I'd, I would flat out say it and I'd say move on check Billups out do anything but I have hopes that he can be that guy that rallies the troops West Virginia just wasn't the time it wasn't the moment on the road and a tough defense and no running game. Now, he's got to get help. And, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more Deion Smith. I, I, hopefully L.J. Martin's back next week. He's got to have somebody behind him that's really helping him in the run game. Aiden looked a little slowed up. He looked like uh, pre, you know, pre-back Aiden that's – Injured to start the season, Aiden? Yeah, that kind of Aiden. He just didn't have the snap today. Find me a running back that wants to go out there and, and just eat so that I can get Retzloff a little bit of help and give him some confidence. But I'm with you guys. I, I yeah. really do believe that this guy's got the character to potentially lift the team up against Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Well, the Cougars will get the crack and the next crack at bowl eligibility next Saturday night with a 6 o'clock pregame and 8.15 kick for the Cougars and the Cyclones. Let's thank the crew back at BYU Radio in Provo, our control board operators, James Finlayson and Derek Dungan. Our editor was Kaylee Radford, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our studio host, Jason Shepard, our engineer, Barry Squires, and others. On the operations side, Sean O'Neill and Clark Jackman. On the corporate sponsorship side, Casey Stoffer, BYU Associate Athletic Director. Here in Morgantown, our booth engineers, Scott Sandstrom and Doug Olson. And our spotter, Matt Jarvis, which just leaves the man to my far left. Hungry Olson. <laughs> Hungry hands. Hungry hands. And the man to my near left. <laughs> Munching Jurgens. <laughs> Munching Mitchell. There you go. All right. And by the way, uh, we, we passed the entry sign to West Virginia today, and I, I, I said it kind of describes hands. <laughs> What was it? It says, welcome to West Virginia, wild and wonderful. Oh, wow. I thought it was wild and weird. No. <laughs> wild 
something wonderful. And it, it was. It was my logo. That's you, big fellow. All right. For those guys, my name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you all for tuning in. We'll do it again next week. BYU and Iowa State, 6 o'clock pregame. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Morgantown, West Virginia. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital Real Estate Investments, by Les Olson IT, your office technology partner. BYU football is also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug, fresh for everyone. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Shane Reese, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships, Casey Stauffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.